Hey, what's going on, folks? The Live Life Progressive Podcast. It's Mike Marlin, Sincere Hogan. That's me. And got another awesome show for you guys today. Um, I think this show, Mike, is going to be more on the inspiring side, man. I know we've been talking a lot about training and fitness, and, you know, this is no different, but I think a lot of times we don't know, and we talk about this all the time, we don't know the backstory about right. a lot of the athletes that we speak about. And, you know, people see things on the surface like, oh, man, that dude's badass. Oh, man, that chick, she, you know, she's strong. She's this and that. But they truly don't know what actually led them, really, the right. story that brought them to where they are right now. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, you know, I just need to lose 20 pounds. So I really got into fitness. Or I was watching an episode of Biggest Loser and I was inspired. You know, there are bigger stories out there, man. You know, not to shoot down those other stories no if that motivates people to start moving, man, and taking care of themselves. Well, I mean, but, what's what's more inspiring than someone who's overcome adversity and then thrived? Exactly. You know, so we, we all love hearing stories like that. We love watching movies with those themes. We like watching shows with those themes. We like reading books with those themes. And, right. then, and then it's even more inspiring when we hear about it from a real person. And that's what we like to do on the show. We like to deliver episodes like that. Awesome. Exactly, man. Exactly. And which is one of the reasons why we brought our guest and a friend of mine via Facebook. We've been following each other for quite some time now. And I just felt like, you know what, dude, we have to get her on the show and really just share her story. So, so you've been stalking her on Facebook. A little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook nice, friends. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> that, was, that what they call it now. <laughs> She's my Facebook friend, air quotes, right now. <laughs> it's like, we're just Facebook friends. What are you getting so mad about? <laughs> <laughs> just, just unfriend me if it's, you know, if it's a problem. <laughs> so I want to welcome Aurora Kaleo on the line. Hey, what's going on, Aurora? Hi, I'm good. How are you? The question is, how are you? Because you're in San Diego right now and you guys are kind of going through it with those fires. I mean, is yeah, everything cool? Yeah, well, thankfully, we just uh, got through some really, really scary fires that hit very, very close to us. We actually had to evacuate, which was uh, really scary, but thankfully we're okay. And, you know, our hearts are with all the people that were affected. Yeah, that is just crazy. It's like one thing, everything's all calm and peaceful. And then next thing you know, I'm seeing all these posts on Facebook. First of all, I'm seeing some some dingbats out there who are like right by the fire filming it, you know, on, right. on their cell phone. <laughs> like, and I'm looking at the fire like right above, like it's right over the roof of the house of this guy that's filming. I'm like, dude, I mean, I know you can feel the heat right now. It's not that serious that you have to be the investigative reporter on the scene with your, your camera phone having to report these fires like that. It's just so crazy how some folks get, man. So it's good to hear that you guys are doing okay. Uh, Thank you. Now, Aurora, your story is very interesting for the fact that when I first came across you on Facebook and we first met up on there, I saw that you were a triathlete. But what I didn't know is like what brought you there. And, you know, of course, you can't judge a book by the cover. You look at you like, OK, she's fit. She you know, she's really into fitness. And, you know, try First of all, being a triathlete is no joke. And you even told me like, hey, you should try it sometime. If you need any tips, you know, just, yeah, you know, you know reach out to me. I'm like, you know, that, that whole swimming thing. That's the part that really jacks me up. I'm like, I'm already going against the stereotype for the fact here's a black man that does swim. But to swim, <laughs> but to swim that far and for that long, I'm I think I'm kind of risking. It, right? I'm kind of pushing the envelope a little bit right yeah, now. There's a lot of black triathletes out there, Sincere. You wouldn't be Where the are they? <laughs> <laughs> I will send them to you after we're done. <laughs> All three, they're on, they're on the download, I think. Exactly. <laughs> there's a new book coming out on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but what, let's talk about what actually led you to becoming interested in triathlons and just getting into fitness itself. And it wasn't the normal story right here. It's just like, let's talk about that day in 2008 where you woke up with that that major pain going on in your eye. 
Yeah. So in 2008, I just started having this pain just came suddenly um, in the back of my right eye. It just hurt. And I wasn't really worried about it because I wore contact lenses and I was due for a checkup. So I thought, I'm sure that's what it is. But over a period of a few days, that pain became excruciating to the point that I couldn't roll my eye up, down, left or right. Um, you know, try not moving your eye. It's practically impossible. And even in my sleep, um, the, it w the pain was was going on and it would wake me up from my sleep because your eyes in constant movement, even when you're sleeping. So um, they were sending me for different tests. They weren't sure what was going on. And during the time that I was going to all these appointments is when the vision loss began. Like at first it was as if someone erased the squiggly line in the center of my eye. I had vision loss like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was from that lying down. And then one day, I, about maybe a week and a half later from the initial pain, I was just in the kitchen cutting apples for my kids. I have four kids and I was cutting up some snacks and I noticed something very drastic happen with my vision. So my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, my left eye now is going to lose vision. Something's happening. And I covered up my right eye to check and my left eye was fine. And when I covered up my left eye, I could see nothing out of my right eye. I was completely blind in my right eye at that time. Yeah, that's, that's definitely scary right there because I think we don't really value sight and sound and speaking or any of these things until it seems like you're about to lose and all of a sudden we just freak out and we don't know what to do because, I mean, those things are very major, very important to us. So, Or even just losing a limb or something like that. We don't think about it until you know, there's something going wrong, going wrong with it, which is pretty much the case with anything health-wise. We really don't think about it until it seems like we might lose that. And it's when we kind I think of the loss of vision is a super scary one. Though. Hell yes. You know, more, <laughs> if, I, if I had to lose my vision or my hearing, I would lose my hearing. Exactly. You know, music sucks these days, right? So how much, what, what are you missing out on? No, no, but, but vision, I mean, think about how impaired you are when you can't see. You can't drive a car. I mean, and, and, right. and it's, you, you, your, your quality of life diminishes, especially if you're used to, I mean, if you're born blind, that's one thing. You deal with it, right? And then there's a lot of people who've lost their vision. They go on and deal with it. So we can, so I'm not saying you can't do that, but man, that would be crazy to not be able to see because it's such a part of the human experience. And I can just imagine how scary that would be when you're a mother of four, Especially, yeah, you exactly. know, for little ones at that time, you know, it's not like they yeah, were teenagers. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. They were all under seven years old. And, and like you said, you don't realize, you know, what you have until it's gone. And, and you think, well, I have at least one, you know, I can see out of one eye, but it completely affected my life at that time. Right. So it was really difficult. And so they rushed me as soon as I lost my vision, they rushed me for an MRI. And uh, the next day I had my results read and they mm -hmm. said, you have um, you have 10 lesions on your brain. And your uh, your eyesight will never come back. You had an extreme case of optic neuritis, which is inflammation of the optic nerve. And usually when people have that, they have blurry vision or partial vision loss the way my mind started. But mm -hmm. I had completely lost my vision. They said, you'll never have your vision back. And um, you have multiple sclerosis. And he said, um, and I'm sorry to tell you, but because of where the lesions are near your brainstem, it is very likely you'll be in a wheelchair within five years. So I suggest that you, if you live in a two-storied home, you start making plans with your family to move to a one-storied home because that is going to be a possibility for you. So it was absolutely uh, devastating for me and my family. And like you said, as a mom to four kids under seven years old, um, it was a really, really scary time for us. So um, I had never worked out. I um, didn't have a gym membership. I couldn't run a mile. I did nothing. I was so lazy. I thought 
I've always been skinny. I was, you know, that girl that got <laughs> pregnant and you couldn't tell from the, you know, you know, from the back. And as soon as I had the babies, I was like pretty much back in my clothes. And so, so I thought, Hey, I'm skinny. I'm good. I don't need to do anything. I can eat whatever I want. I don't need to work out. And you know, that's such a misconception or society just because you're skinny right. does not mean you're healthy. Or if you're a little bigger, it doesn't mean you're not healthy. And right, so, exactly. you know, I had that, I thought for sure I was healthy because I was skinny and I found out quickly that wasn't the case, you know? So I had seen a triathlon when I was 19 years old. Um, I had done some volunteer work with this uh, Christian organization and their training was in Kona, Hawaii. And Kona is uh, the location of the Ironman uh, right. World Championships, which is like the Olympics of our sport, the top athletes in the world race there. And as a triathlete, it's like a, anyone's dream to be able to make it to Kona. And so uh, our team there that I was volunteering with was signed up to be um, to be volunteers for that event. So we got to sign in swimmers and we got to hand out waters as the athletes were running around hot lava fields. And, you know, the Ironman is no joke. It's a 2.1 mile swim in the ocean. It's a hundred mile bike and it's a half, it's a full marathon. So 26 miles, you know, after doing all this in Kona, in the lava fields, I mean, it's insane. So at 19 years old to see that, you know, being from the East coast, having no idea that people were crazy enough to swim, bike and run in a day, you know, for that length of time, <laughs> I was completely impressed. I just thought, this is amazing. I, I can't believe people are doing this. And at the end to watch these elite athletes cross through, you know, finish so strong and, and just see how amazing they were. And then at the end of the night, when there's a cutoff where normal people like you and I, you know, moms and dads, regular people that aren't, you know, professional athletes, but have trained for maybe a year or more to race in this event have gotten in to see them barely crossing the finish line at the end, just their bodies completely exhausted and pushing themselves and, you know, being able to encourage them to this finish line. That's like this mass miles and miles of, you know, people lining up, making this huge row to the finish line, media everywhere, lights. I mean, it was amazing. And I never forgot that day. And I thought, you know, one day I want to do that. And as the days, years went on and I had a family and I had one kids and two, then three, then four, I thought, you know, maybe I'll wait till after the kids are older. <laughs> this is a triathlon and, in itself with, you know, having all these kids right here, chasing exactly, them around. Exactly. And that was my excuse always is I have four kids. I run around all over the place. My life is crazy. I don't need to work out. This is fine. And so, um, I, you know, I, I just never really forgot that moment. And when I got diagnosed and they told me I was going to be in a wheelchair and I started learning um, the alternatives to handling multiple sclerosis, that there were other options out there that were not um, med just medication and that there was things I could do through my diet and lifestyle. I was shocked and I was willing to do anything to avoid, you know, having this disease progress. And what really sold me on the whole holistic alternative kind of way was that I went into a holistic center desperate after being um, blind for 30 days and uh, just thinking, okay, this is my last shot because my doctors were pressuring me to get on medication. And I thought, I'm just going to see what they have to say. And, um, and that's it. If I don't hear something different from them that I think is going to help me, I'm going to have to pick one of these medications. So right. I walk into this alternative center here in Encinitas, California called the Center for Advanced Medicine. And the doctor, you know, I explained to the doctor what had happened to me and he lays me on this table and he starts 
giving me a massage on my neck. And I, <laughs> I pop up and I said, what are you doing? I don't need a massage. <laughs> I said, I am sick. I'm blind. I have lesions on my brain and I have four kids and you're giving me a massage. And he said, no, you don't understand this. This will help stimulate your eyesight back and your optic nerve connects your neck. And I thought he was crazy. At that point, I had seen three of the top neurologists in San Diego. They all told me that my disease was progressive. There was no cure, that um, I would be on medications my whole life, and that I would never get my vision lost because um, the optic neuritis was an extreme case um, that I had had. So I believed my doctors. And so I walked out of there thinking, this guy's crazy. He had given me a huge bag of supplements. He said my body was lacking in um, some things to do in my diet, some changes to make. And I went home thinking I had completely been conned by these crazy people. Um, and I thought though that, you know, it wouldn't hurt to start the supplements and the diet changes. I knew that I wasn't healthy. I just kind of ate whatever I wanted or didn't eat. I'd make my kids these great healthy lunches and then like grab whatever they had and eat off their plate and run off to the next thing I had to do. And I just, I didn't take care of myself. I kind of just took care of everyone else, which is very common in the mommy world, unfortunately, um, to not take care of, of yourself and take care of everyone else. So I, um, I started to just implement those uh, lifestyle changes and the supplements. And within two days of making those changes, I started seeing a little bit of light wow. um, out of my right eye. I called my doctor right away and I said, I can see light. I, what's happening? You told me I wouldn't be able to see him. What is this? And he said, oh, you know, sometimes the nerves start to kind of repair, but don't get excited. That's probably as good as it's going to be for you. Um, your vision's pretty much gone. And so... Um, I just kept doing those those changes, and then a few days later, I saw more light, and a few days later, I saw color, and then I could start making out, you know, different um, objects and people's faces. And within two weeks from that massage and those lifestyle changes, my vision had come back even better than before, because like I said, told you, I was due for a checkup on my contact lenses. And I couldn't go because I was blind. So as soon as I got my vision back, I went back in and the doctor said, we need to decrease the prescription in your right eye because your vision has gone up. And I couldn't believe it. I was just blind in that eye, told by the three top neurologists that I wouldn't see again. And I could see better than before. I was completely sold. And I just dove into everything that was health and wellness and, and fitness. And uh, I signed up for, while I was blind um, in my eye, I signed up for my first triathlon. I went and got a gym membership. I bought a pair of tennis shoes, which I didn't even own. That's how it was for me. <laughs> and I began training, you know, at the first day. I, I'll never forget. Um, I tried to run a mile and I was so out of breath and my chest felt like it was just going to pop out of my body. And I looked at the, my watch and I had been running for five minutes. And I thought it had been at least half an hour because I just was so exhausted. I had no endurance, um, no fitness level whatsoever. Uh, but I was so determined to uh, complete a triathlon before my body started falling apart like my doctor said I would. it would, before I ended up in a wheelchair like they said I, it would. And I just kept pushing at it. And, um, you know, within a few weeks, I could run that mile. And within a month, it was two. And a few months later, it was three. It took me a long time to build up. But I did it. And I, I did my first triathlon that year. And I just kind of got I got hooked. And I, I kept racing. And uh, I haven't stopped. So I, I race about like six or seven a year right now. Oh, wow. Seven races. <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the nutrition advice you got? So, um... 
Through this holistic center, I was educated a lot on just eating anti-inflammatory, which I had no mm -hmm. idea about. Um, right. I didn't know that the way I ate was affecting, you know, the, this disease and the, the way it was going to progress. It was just so new to me. And I, um, so I was educated on, you know, just eating anti-inflammatory and, and just looking and, and really figuring out what am I putting in my body? I just kind of went through the grocery store and popped things in the cart without even looking again. Cause I thought I don't get fat, so I'm good. <laughs> right. You know, and, um, and just, you know, made so many changes. I mean, I remember going to my cabinet and looking at all the labels and just filling up a trash bag full of everything. Like we had no food because everything we had was bad. Everything we had was out of a box. Um, you know, I was I was always in a rush. So it was all like quick things and not very nutritious. So as I began to learn to eat anti-inflammatory, eat whole foods, um, I just changed, you know, my whole life as I began incorporating that instead of getting sicker and weaker, as a doctor said, I would over a very short time, I was feeling healthier and stronger and they just didn't understand what was going on. They kept telling me I was just getting lucky. Uh, that I was in remission, but as the years have gone on, it was five years in January. Uh, they, they can't say that anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think you bring up an important point about doctors because many people, give doctors a God complex where whatever exactly. they say is the final word. And it, that's been my experience going to doctors for various things. And, and I don't like when people try to tell me things that are absolute because they don't know every variable that's part of any condition. So I think, I think it's important for people to not panic when they go to a doctor, get a second opinion, look at other options, but don't let them put the fear of God in you. I remember my brother had a bad leg accident and two doctors told him he there was a 90% chance he was, he was going to have to have it amputated. And right after that consult, I said, don't listen to this garbage. These, these, these guys don't even know what they're talking about. They just came in and said, oh, I've seen this kind of thing before. They didn't do any analysis or anything. Mm -hmm. When we finally found someone that was really good, mm -hmm. this guy knew exactly what to do. And he made 100% recovery, long story short. So, I mean, I, th I think it's important to have an advocate as well when you go to any doctor for yeah, that. I mean, I think that that's such a great point. And unfortunately, you have to be your own advocate. You yeah, know, you're right. the one that has to say, you know what, this is really bad that I just got diagnosed with whatever it is, but I am going to research and research and I'm right. going to look yeah. and look until I figure out something that's going to work for me. Because sadly, yes, many people do say, oh, I have MS. Oh, I'll never get my vision back. I'll be in medication right. my whole life. There's no cure. Okay, I guess that's my life. And you don't know how many people, hundreds I've met over the years that have done that and yeah. they don't bother questioning. I've always been a bit of, of a rebel, which came, right, um, yeah. in, you know, for my benefit in this case that yeah. I was just very determined to find another way. And of course my, my kids as well, you know, were my motivation. Sure. I wanted to be able to take care of my kids in the future. And so even though I went through a time of, you know, a few weeks where I cried and I thought, why me? And why are you doing this to me, God? And I didn't leave the house. And, you know, my husband really encouraged me, and told me, you know, if you keep acting this way, you will end up in a wheelchair with what's right, happening right. up in your brain, in your mind. And exactly. your mind, you need to have a, you know, you need to stay positive. You need to fight this uh, for, for our family and for yourself. And that just really shook me up. And I thought, you know, he's right. I can't give into this. And, and that's when I really just began to, to, you know, find other ways. And thankfully, you know, the journey led me to finding something that worked for me. So it is important that people question their doctors and look at things that are maybe sound a little weird and outside the box and maybe are even things that your doctors never heard of. Half my doctors hmm. thought I was crazy. I was fired by one of them. One of them told me I'm being very irresponsible. <laughs> by not, yeah, he, he fired me as his patient. I'm probably one of the few people that it's that, that's That's what they do when you're well-informed, though, because exactly. you're going in there, you start questioning things. 
they're going, you know what? I don't want to research. It's like, you know more than I do about this, and that's irritating me, so you're fired. Or you make them start thinking of, hold on a second. I gave you this diagnosis. It's been a few years, and you're healthy through diet. If I if I am open to what you have to say, my whole life's going to have to change. I'm going to have to like idea. totally change my practice, and I'm kind of you know in a too cushy of a situation to do that, so exactly. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> so yeah. I am um, known to taunt my doctors. Um, you know, just to, I sent them videos and pictures of me crossing through the finish line at different races. I send them pictures <laughs> of my MRIs coming back clear year after year. My lesions don't show. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want them to forget that I'm that this happened to me so that the next time that they're diagnosed someone, they remember that they should give this person maybe medication choices if that's what they want, but also let them know there's other people that are not on medication and doing very, very well with no symptoms uh, with these different diseases because it's not just MS. I mean, I've met people with all kinds of different diagnoses doing the same kind of alternative thing that's working for them. Now, here's sure. the thing. One thing about MS, I think there's a there's a lot of confusion out there. We, I mean, we see it every now and then. You may see a telethon or something like that. That's probably the only time it crosses anyone's mind. Right. But I think one of the biggest things is a lot of people don't know what exactly multiple sclerosis is. So can you just kind of go more in depth with that and pretty much explain like what it is and what it isn't? Because most people think like, oh, it's when your muscles break down. They think that's that's about it. Or they'll think of, they'll look back at like celebrities like Richard Pryor and just kind of see like, they see one minute, they remember Richard Pryor being on stage and here's this comedian full of life. And next thing you know, you kind of saw like in the movie Harlem Nights, something was a little off. You just didn't know. And then next thing you know, he was in a wheelchair. Then he's gone. You know, and then they right. may confuse it with other celebrities like, oh, isn't that what Muhammad Ali and Michael J. Fox has? It's just, so it's just so much confusion out there. So yeah, what exactly it's so funny. Mess? It's so funny you said that because when I was diagnosed and he did not use the word multiple sclerosis, he used MS. And so all I kept thinking is I have what Michael J. Fox has, which is not MS. It's Parkinson's. Right. But exactly. If you're not sick or you're not in that world, you don't know. They all just kind of merge into something that people are raising money for, you know. And so you're right. There are a lot of misconceptions out there. So multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease and your body's attacking itself. And so what happens is that it destroys the myelin in your brain. And so the myelin sheath covers all the nerves in your, in your brain and um, it destroys that and that causes the symptoms. So if you look at my MRI, my first MRI, I post it all the time on Facebook, especially like around January when it's my year anniversary um, when I was diagnosed. Um, there was a huge lesion, a big white dot spot on my optic nerve by my eye. And that's why I had lost my vision because the, my, there was a lesion there. The myelin had been destroyed and a lesion formed and um, my vision was gone. And so what happens is sometimes the body rep can repair itself and the symptom will be gone, whatever that symptom is. And with MS, you never know what you're going to get. You can wake up one morning and your eyesight could be blurry or you could be blind like I was. You can wake up and have your hands uh, completely numb and not feel it or your legs, um, you know, having like a heavy sensation. There's something called an MS hug what, that um, is not as nice as it sounds. It's like this just squeeze on, on your body that it feels like something, someone's just hugging you really tight and really uncomfortable. Uh, people can lose, you know, control of their bladder, um, lots of pain and tingling and numbness. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And that's what's so crazy with MS is that 
you don't know what kind of MS you have and how it's going to progress. So there's progressive MS and there's relapsing remitting. And the progressive MS is, is serious because it, it, it moves faster. It progresses more rapidly where relapsing remitting, you might have a symptom, a couple symptoms a year, or, you know, maybe have a few symptoms in one month and then it'd be okay for a few months and then be sick again for the next few months. So you never really know what you're going to get with MS. And the thing that people don't understand is there is a lot you can do to prevent this disease from developing in your body because it is an autoimmune disease. Hello, immunity. You know, we have our immune systems are messed up for a reason uh, with people diagnosed with this. And there's something we can, there's things that we can do to fix it, make it stronger uh, through health and fitness. And that's what's completely worked for me. Yeah, it's funny because usually when someone gets diagnosed with these things, like, oh, I need to find out what medicines do I need to take? Well, I'm like, if this is an autoimmune disease, do you actually think that these medications are actually going to support your immune system? If anything, it may end up breaking it down even more and making things far worse. Yeah, well, exactly with an, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, with an autoimmune disorder, you have an overactive immune system, so mm -hmm. you need to modulate the immune system. It's, it's, it's not a quite, I mean, it's, it's generally your immune system is attacking healthy tissue. So it's like vitiligo, for example, is another... It's another case of an autoimmune disorder. So I think when you lower inflammation, then you give the chance for the immune system rejuvenate, and you don't have to have that aggressive autoimmune response. Right. And right. And um, with the um, with the autoimmune issue, what people don't realize is that there there's so many things that you can do through the way that you just even simply the way you eat. I mean, you know, I always recommend fitness, but there's a doctor on. Um, all over the internet that should be really on every news channel in the world and we don't hear about her and her name is Dr. Terry Walls and she had progressive MS, was in a wheelchair uh, to the point that her legs hurt to even be down. They should have been in a reclined wheelchair so her legs were up and she realized that as a doctor, I'm doing everything I know to do to stop this disease. I'm on the medications, I'm doing everything and I'm just getting progressively worse and I'm gonna be bedridden, I need to do something. She started researching diet and uh, began changing her diet and within a month she was walking with a walker to see her patients after you know not being able to practice for a while uh, within the next few months she was able to walk and then a few months later she was riding her bike around the block and now she's walking and healthy and she speaks all over the world there's a ted talk on her as well on the internet and it's incredible and this is a doctor who realized medicine's not working for me and that's when i realized i'm not taking medication I, um, after I got diagnosed, I sent out an email to everyone I knew and said, this is what's happened to me. I need to get in contact with people with MS. I wanted to see, you know, what were they doing? What was working for them? I was confused about the medications and which one to take at the time. And, uh, everybody I interviewed all over the world, uh, had had this disease for a long time or had been on medication. And now they didn't just have MS and were on medication, still had symptoms and everything, but they had MS and fibromyalgia, or MS and rheumatoid arthritis, right. or they had something else. So it right. just goes to show, not only were the medications not stopping the progression of this new disease, people. it was yeah. bringing on new things. I yeah. mean, these, these are very, very expensive medications for one, and the medications that just make you sicker in the long run. So it's really sad that, um, you know, a lot of people are on these medications and, may think they're working for them, but they could be a lot healthier, probably, I'm saying, if they weren't on them. Yeah, I Can think you give you, us an example? Oh, go ahead, sister. No, I'm just saying, I think you bring up a good point when you, that last point you made about all the other diseases and and other things start to come in once you start taking medication. I think that's probably one of the very top reasons why, you know, Dr. Walls is not as popular and well-known 
you know, because that that's a serious threat to that medical pharmaceutical, you know, sexual relationship that they have with each other. You know, that, that's going to break that's going to break up their happy home when more and more people are exposed to her story, your story, because then they'll start questioning these guys and, and ladies. And then they have to start questioning themselves like, OK, I just spent seven to 10 years in medical school. And was most of that just a lie? So they start they start having this. This, this cognitive dissonance going on. It's like, you know something's not right, but you still want to keep moving forward anyway and keep doing what you've been doing, even though you know it's bothering you. You know that exactly. something's just not right about it because you don't want to shake up your lifestyle that you have right now. So, right. They can, they can go on to have a great lifestyle. Though. Exactly. You can, be, you, you can be a legitimate doctor and you, you'll probably have an even more successful practice because you're actually healing people now instead of just treating symptoms. Exactly. So, I, so, so they're missing the big picture when they have that myopic outlook on the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm curious, what, what is, give us a breakdown of what a, a typical day looks like for you nutrition wise. Um, so I always uh, wake up and I have, um, I juice, you know, so I'll either do like a, um, like a kale juice or I'll do a, a shake like in the Vitamix, you know, that's usually what I do. And then I usually train. I wake up really early because I have four kids, so I have to get my training in. So I'll train, you know, about like depending on where my training schedule is for the year. But like today I had to do two hours. I had to do an hour swim and an hour bike. Um, so then I'll go ahead and have like um, a bar. I make them myself of, of dates and um, different sure. seeds mm-hmm. um, just to give me some energy. And then I'll come home and have like my big breakfast and I'll have, um, you know, I eat, I, I'm not vegetarian. I have eggs and um, I have um, a lot of vegetables um, throughout the day. I eat, my husband always jokes cause I am small bones. I am thin, um, that people would never believe how much I eat during the day. <laughs> so my, t- my typical day probably doesn't look like a lot of people just cause I am an athlete. So I do eat a right. lot, but I, I try to eat a lot of plant-based po- protein, um, nothing out of a box mm-hmm. and, um, just, you know, simple and keep it very whole foods based, you know, for the first year that I was sick, I was gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, free, free, free of everything. And I just kind of <laughs> right. fed into all that. And, and it was crazy. Like after a year, I was so worn out of being healthy uh, to the point that when when my neurologist called me a year to a day, almost a year to the day of my diagnosis, which was um, in December of 08, um, I'm sorry, in Jan- the symptoms started in December, in January I was diagnosed, but um, uh, she called me and told me that she had never seen anything like this, that all my lesions were gone, that she had seen one lesion disappear and one lesion shrink, but never have 10 lesions gone from an MRI. And so at that point, I, I was really worn out from the way I had been living, uh, just so strict with every little thing. And and um, and I I was getting told, well, maybe that wasn't a mess. Maybe, you know, that was a mistake and you got misdiagnosed. And I thought, huh, maybe I was. I don't know what's going on. I was just so confused. And um I started slacking a little bit that year and I, I just started eating, you know, not, I never went back to how I was, but I just wasn't as strict with the things. I, um, started, stopped taking some of the supplements I knew to take, maybe wouldn't eat as anti-inflammatory as I should, things like that. And that year I started getting some symptoms, some pretty bad ones. Um, one was trigminio neuralgia, which is like this horrible thing that if you Google it, it says the most excruciating pain known to man. It's this shooting face shooting pain throughout the side of your face. And, mm. and I had different things like that, that I realized, you know, I have this and I know what to do to keep it away. I need to do it. And yeah. that next year, the MRI showed one very small lesion came back, but it still was showing progression. So that really scared me. So I'm very 
aware of what I put in my body. You know, everything I put in, it feeds my disease or it fights my disease. And that's how I look Mm -hmm. at everything. And so I just try to eat, you know, really clean and, uh, and whole foods, um, and make sure that I'm complete, you know, hydration for me is huge, especially as an athlete. Um, so yeah, I'm very careful with that. Okay. Let me ask you this. You got four kids. Four kiddos. And like you said, you had to get in, you know, get your workout in early this morning. How do you juggle all of this? I mean, being an athlete, you know, year round, I mean, you've got seven to nine competitions coming up and, you know, you've got the four kids, you've got to get get your training in for this. How do you make all of this work? Because there there are people listening and you always hear, especially in the fitness industry, so many people, I just don't have time to train. I don't have time to work out. I've got kids. I have a job. I got a husband. I got a dog. I got a cat. I got a bird. (laughs) You know, they start just coming up with everything and every kind of excuse, you know, and they're like, no, but it's not an excuse. This is my life. I just don't have time. Well, you know, here we are. We have you right here with, and this is someone that hasn't trained all their life. You know, this is something pretty much that came in the last five years here. So how do you make all of this work? with all that's going on in that household. Well, what I realized when I got sick is I needed to do a full change of my lifestyle. So not just eating well and exercising. I needed to change my mindset and things that were going on in my life. And when I when I really started to look at my life, and I, I was the queen of excuses for that, <laughs> and you're just lying to yourself. I don't have time. I have four kids. I'm very busy. I have four kids. I have this. I have that. And what I realized was I had time, I was wasting time and I really looked at, you know, what am I doing? So at night I would sit down and watch TV and veg out to reality TV and say, okay, well, I deserve to be sitting down. I'm I'm tired and I just don't want to think and watch this mindless television. Well, I mean, is there anything wrong with that? No, but was it helping me get to where I wanted to be, to be healthier, to be able to accomplish this goal of my first triathlon? No. So I just cut that out of my life and I started looking at things in my life that weren't benefiting me, that weren't getting me to where I wanted to go. And I cut them out. And as I started cutting out these things, I realized I have time. And if you are passionate about something and you want to do it, and in my case, I didn't know how much time I had. I didn't know how quickly this was going to progress in my body. I was being told you're going to start feeling sicker. You're going to start losing energy, which was awful to me because I'm a very hyper energetic person. So to take my energy away, it was just, I couldn't imagine. I mean, that's how I get through the day with so many kids and activities that we have and everything. So I was scared and I just wanted to complete this triathlon. So I made time for it. And it's just, you know, that saying that if you want something bad enough, you're going to make time, whether it's that you wake up early, like today, I have a super busy day. I homeschool two of my older kids. Um, there's, they have soccer, they have all this stuff today. So I knew that I was going to be able to train later today. I woke up very early this morning and I got my workout in because that's the only time I was going to get it in. And that, like you said, you know, as of five years ago, that was not me. I was very not disciplined. I didn't even, um, didn't, it wasn't a priority in my life where now it is a priority and, um, not just for myself, but you know, for my family to stay healthy and fit. And I, and I just love it. I love how I feel, um, both mentally and physically and, uh, the changes that it's made in my life. So I will, sacrifice anything to get fitted in because it's so you bring it, you, so you make a, you make so many great points mm-hmm. there and, and uh, the the point i really like that you emphasize is the fact that you made it a priority because people either want to do it or they don't it's as simple as that so when people say i don't have the time to do is what they're what they're really saying is i don't want to do it exactly right. and exactly. that's the problem right there it's like <laughs> well i don't have the time and i don't have the time to do this it's like no you don't want to do it just accept the fact that you don't want to do it it's not important to you because at the bottom at, after all the excuses are over it comes down to you either want to do it or you don't want to do it. 
Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, I tell people, you know, this isn't just about looking well and aging well. I mean, I'm 41 now and I'm starting to, you know, realize that, wow, you know, I'm going to be 50 soon. This is crazy. And, <laughs> you know, so I've obviously, you know, I want to look good. I want to age well and all those things. But, you know, think of your brain, you know, your brain ages and you can avoid brain shrinking diseases through fitness and lifestyle. I mean, through, uh, you know, uh, health, uh, how you eat and through fitness. I mean, all these different things. So you don't just want to, you know, look well and be active as you're aging, but you want to make sure that your, your mind is well and that you're not forgetting family members as you're aging and all these different things that we hear with Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. And those are all things that we can avoid as we age if we just invest in ourselves now. And I always tell people, you know, that tell me, oh, it's so expensive to eat well, or I don't have time. And I say, you know, you pay now or you pay later. Invest in yourself financially and with time of putting into working out, whatever that would be for you that, that you want to invest into fitness. Uh, or you will pay later. I mean, when I got sick, I was at doctors all the time. Right, exactly. It was a ton of money out of pocket with insurance, without insurance, Medicaid, yep. all these crazy <laughs> things. So pay now or pay later. I tell people. Nah, Jim totally Rohn always said, me. yeah, if you don't make, if you don't make time for wellness, make time for illness. <laughs> right. You know, that's what's coming your way. Exactly. Uh-huh. I like that. That's <laughs> and, very true. <laughs> and as far as forgetting some of those family members, I'm thinking sometimes that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's I a, there's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh I have some of those. <laughs> now, outside of um, diet and, and exercise, are there any other, any, uh, any other ways as far as wellness that you do as far as part of your daily routine and your lifestyle that also helps you with your treatment as well? with MS, like meditation, okay. yoga, yeah. or anything like that? Very much so. Um, meditation, I do, I do some yoga, but meditation is huge for me. I was always just like very hyper and scattered and, you know, an ADD kind of, you know, thinking just all over the place. And, you know, when I started um, implementing meditation, because um, after, you know, I was fired and yelled at by different neurologists, I found a neurologist um, that believed in what I was doing, supported what I was doing, and even taught me new things. And she's an Ayurvedic neurologist. She's just amazing. And uh, she's the one who really encouraged me to begin meditation. And, you know, I'm a Christian. And so I thought, I had some conflictions with them. Like, is that, what is, is that? Praying? Is that praying? Is, yeah, is I'm like, is that, is that wrong? Like what, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's so sad how many people close themselves off to these things that could really benefit them. I'm so glad I didn't because it has been amazing for me to, um, to practice just that, that moment of, of being in, in quiet. I mean, I am a mom to four kids. It's always mom, 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 mom all the time. And I'm never in silence. And, you know, it's just crazy. And to have that moment, you know, um, to just be in silence and, and meditate is unbelievable. And the benefits for your brain, if you research it in the holistic world or out of it are unbelievable. And so that is, a, that's a huge thing for me as well is to, to practice meditation. I do it every morning before I even leave my bedroom. It's the next thing I do after getting out of my bed. <laughs> so it's really important for me. Good. Cause that's what I was about to ask you. Cause I know people are listening like, well, how do you meditate? I, I get that question all the time. Like sincere, how do I meditate? I'm like, well, the first thing you do is be quiet. Don't ask me a question. Just sit there. What, what I, I can't cause stuff starts running through my mind and I can't, you know, I don't understand, man. It's just all the stuff is happening. I can't stop thinking. I'm like, okay, you, that's all. You're off to a good start. Cause then <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. So you yeah. got to start wondering like, you know what? And, and another thing is, um, just some simple things. I said, when you're lying in bed at night, just, Stare at the ceiling, 
don't have anything on. Make sure your phone's not next to your bed, first of all, so you don't have that distraction. Lie down and just blink. And just pretty much every time your eyes begin to close, open them back up. Don't force them back open, but just open them back up as you're staring at the ceiling and just do that. And also another technique you can do is just blink. It's really hard to think about anything else when you're just sitting there just focused on blinking and blinking and blinking and blinking, especially in the dark. And that's just one way because you can't really think of anything else. And it's funny, a friend of mine, I told him that, and he's like, you know what? I tried that blinking thing. That worked. How the hell did you come <laughs> up with that? I'm like, well, I didn't make that up. Someone, you know, I, I discovered that through someone else as well. So it, there are different things. And then also the way you look at meditation. Meditation is not always, like I always say, it's not all about just sitting in a lotus position, saying om for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. You know, right. even you can have a walking meditation where pretty much don't bring your phone, you know, just walk and just be, just take it all in. So you're not saying anything, you're not making any noise or anything like that. Just take it all in. That's the meditation right there. So I think we tend to make the easy things way too hard and try to make these hard things way too easy. You know, like taking medications and going to see a bunch of doctors and thinking that they're right and getting confused by these guys, you know? (laughs) Yeah, um, that's so true. And I always say, you know, uh, my husband and I have this saying, we, you know, don't listen to yourself. You know, you are not for yourself. So whatever your brain is thinking most of the time, it's against what is going to be good for you. So when your alarm goes off at five o'clock to go to, to get a two hour workout in, you know, in the morning when it's a little chilly out and you want to stay in it's bed, cold. what are you going to say to yourself? You're, you know, oh, it's cold. I don't want to go. I'll do this later. I'll, I'll skip it today. You'll just keep making excuses. I just tell myself, shut up. You're going. And I make myself get out of bed. You know, when I start the meditation, always same thing. I've been doing this now. You know, I started what? officially like maybe three years ago, uh, really making it a practice in my life. And as soon as I would sit down, it was just like my, you know, constant chatter in my, in my head. And I had to, you know, you train your brain, you train yourself to almost not listen to yourself, (laughs) you know, and, um, and it's a discipline, but it's well worth it for sure. Definitely. Now I think you and Mike actually were like raised in the same area. I know you're, you were born in Columbia, but you were raised in Northern Virginia. So I think Mike, that's your part of the woods, right? Yeah, I was born in Washington, D.C. I grew up, for the most part, in McLean, Virginia. Oh, get out of here. Okay, so I was born in um, yeah, in, in Columbia, and then we moved to uh, Northern Virginia, and I went to school in D.C. I went to Georgetown and American University. Oh, okay. And I worked sure. there for the Washington Times for a few years, and then okay, – um, awesome. Yeah, so I love that area. We're going back to summer. And then you made it out to never look back. It's funny. It's funny. Like, then you headed to California. Like, what is it about everybody in that area? Like, okay, well, let's go to California. Let's get far, (laughs) far away. Because it's cold out there. I mean, you you, you suffer through a lot of those winters in D.C. You can't wait to get out of there. Yeah, well, we moved to my, I moved to Miami from D.C. And that ruined me for cold weather. So I am like an 80 degrees in palm trees girl, you know? (laughs) I love it here. I, I, I live in Las Vegas now. And I always tell people when I travel around, the world, London, et cetera, where the weather is horrible. I go, blue skies never gets old. You know? Exactly. Weather, blue I like skies. that. There's never a day where I wake up and I go, man, I wish it would just rain today or I wish a cold <laughs> would come through. Right. <laughs> See, I go, so you haven't lived in Texas. So every now and then those cold fronts are appreciated. But our cold fronts compared to what you guys experienced growing up is not a cold front. That's more like someone sitting next to you and blowing in your face compared <laughs> to what you guys are going through. I don't miss having to wake up an extra half hour early to go turn your car on and let it deep off, yeah, know? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I can't yeah, even that's imagine. Yeah, you know, I'm tired of a winter storm. That's not 
that's not much fun. Yeah, I can't imagine having to change your tires out just because of a season and, and tire change. Like, what is that? Is that a new wrapper that's out or something? Like, who, who's tire change? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Never had to use those, fortunately. That would be that. <laughs> much sooner if we had to use those. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Rora, thanks a lot for coming on the show and sharing your story. And where Thank can people find out? Oh, no problem. Where can we find out more about you online? I mean, I know you've got an awesome YouTube channel. Like you're hilarious. You and your friend on the YouTube channel is like, it's comedy. It's comedy. It's, it's information. It's good content. It's a lot of, a lot of good tips, but both of you together is like, okay, you need to get off YouTube and actually you need to become one of these real shows. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Healthy yeah, and heels. We have a lot of fun. It's all, the reality, it's all the reality TV shows she used to watch. She's putting that in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Take no, that trash never leaves your brain. Yeah, you know? well, you're, you're manifesting it somewhere else. Now you're transferring that negative energy into something positive. Exactly. Like it's something good. That's right. Yeah. So I have a, a website. It's auroracolello.com. And my last name is C-O-L-E-L-L-O. Um, and uh, from there, you can pretty much get to anything of mine. I have a blog called Healthy in Heels, as in high heels, because that's what I'm always in. And that's why I had to buy a pair of tennis shoes, because I didn't know anything <laughs> but high heels. Um, and, um, and yes, I have a YouTube channel. And sometimes I partner up with uh, my friend Summer Saldana, uh, who is the person that, <laughs> that uh, Sincere is referring to. She's really fun. Uh, so I just, you know, I feel this passion to share my story for the reasons that we were saying that, you know, it's just not going to be out there in, in the uh, medical community. And I just, I, it breaks my heart that so many people don't have hope when they get diagnosed. There's nothing worse than feeling hopeless. And if I would have found about, out about me or someone like me when I first got sick, it would have made the world a difference. So I'm very vocal on social media and I'm just out there sharing uh, what's happened to me so that it'll help other people who've been diagnosed and, and it has, it definitely has. So, so I'm all over the internet. I'm easy to find. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the time out to come speak with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And that was Aurora Colello. You can check her out again at her website, which is her name and her last name is spelled C-O-L-E-L-L-O. So that's auroracolello.com. And you can also check out a YouTube channel, Healthy and Heels. I'm telling you, it's hilarious. She and her friend Summer, man. So Yeah, well, what a super <laughs> cool lady she is. And I, I love the information. I love the enthusiasm. And I like the fact that she's actually using social media to put out some real good information, some good content. Exactly. Spread the word. So it's inspiring. Good stuff. Definitely, definitely, man. All right, folks. So before we head out, what you can do right now is head over to our websites, head over to <laughs> newwarriortraining.com or mikemahler.com, type in the coupon code LLA and get 10% off of all of our products on our website. So New Warrior Training, that can be my bodyweight training DVD, the physical or the digital version of it, as well as my weight management one-on-one course, as well as your copy or digital copy of the wellness code. So that's what I have available over there. Just type in that coupon code LLA and you get 10% off of that. And what will it get, Mike, over on your side, brother? Well, what you're going to get is a lot of inspiration because what you, you may be a guy with low testosterone, and that could be the reason why you have no zeal for life. You don't want to work out. Your gut's getting bigger. Your estrogen dominance is going way up, and you can help turn that around by getting on my testosterone booster and reclaim your manhood so you don't look like your wife or girlfriend. Now, when, when people start saying you and your wife are interchangeable, that's a bad sign that you have high estrogen. I saw a guy with his girlfriend the other day, and I, I kid you not, they had the exact same body type. Same butt, 
same by time. <laughs> they were interchangeable, man. It was scary. It was really scary stuff, man. So get on my testosterone booster. You're going to love it. Now get on my Restorezyme because we talked about how detrimental inflammation can be on this show today. So when you have too much inflammation in your body, it's the root cause of every disease. As Dr. Wong mentioned on a previous episode, no supplement is more effective for managing inflammation than systemic enzymes. And I carry one of the best, Restorezyme, under my label. So get on that. And then get on my recovery oil. Get the magnesium, the zinc. You get much better sleep at night. You're going to recover. You're going to be restored, ready to go. So use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off any of that. And look at the bundles on my page, too, because the prices go down the more you buy. And then you can add that 10% discount to that and get a big-time savings. So don't just buy one bottle. Buy three bottles. You get a big discount, and then you get 10% off on top of that. So take charge. Go over there and do it. There you go, folks. All right, so keep spreading the message with this show. Keep sharing on social media since we're on social media and we're talking about that. Just use it for good and letting the world know about this show. That's the best yeah, thing stop you can taking, do. Stop <laughs> taking selfies and go buy some good products and, and share your enthusiasm about it. How about that? <laughs> so and also – Continue to give those reviews, folks. Something short, sweet, and simple over on iTunes as well as over on Stitcher. Let the world know about the show. we got a lot of great things coming for you guys. We've been telling you that, and we don't lie. That's the one thing we don't do. We tell the truth. That's what this show is all about. So keep it going, and we'll see each and every one of you on the next show, folks. Take care. (laughs) 